Hello tribe and welcome to another episode of the Faye Jones Life Podcast. This is your host Faye Jones and today we're going to continue on the topic of trauma culture. But before we get started, I want to say thank you for your patience as I was unable to do the video podcast for a little bit. Have some technical difficulties and some things um, to take care of, but we are back. So here we are and when it comes to this topic, I want to be very clear. This one is going to be a little difficult and maybe even a little bit controversial. The reason being that again we're addressing trauma culture in the family and for some of you this is going to trigger some aha moments what i don't want to see you do is go on a rampage telling everybody off and trying to put all kinds of family members in their place what i do want you to do is to analyze everything that i'm about to say and i want you to then be able to sit down with a trusted counselor, therapist, safe family member or friend to talk about this situation and come up with strategies to be able to address this issue. The reason being is while most of you are going to be in a safe environment where if you address some of this trauma culture in with your family members, the worst thing that's going to happen is that there is a verbal exchange of words that are a little heated. I know for a fact that there are some of you who may be in a situation where this could escalate into some sort of domestic violence and it could put you in harm's way. So if you're one of those individuals, you need to have a really good support system and get some help before you start addressing anything because your safety is the most important thing. With that said, let's go ahead and get started because I want to define some things for you. I I took some extensive notes and I kind of condensed them and I'm going to try my best um, not to make this episode too long, but I want to make sure that you have uh, all of this information because this is vital to you being able to understand what trauma culture looks like in the family so that you can also be the one to end the cycle. So let's go ahead and start by defining what a trauma culture in the family is and what it looks like. And trauma culture in a family is essentially when there's a group of uh, beliefs, norms, behaviors that perpetuate trauma. In other words, they inflict trauma and wounds that are very deep and they also create a very hostile environment towards healing. And this is important to know because in all families, we're going to have moments where we say or do things that are going to inevitably hurt one another unintentionally. Although some families do it intentionally, but most of the part is unintentionally. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about when the person deliberately knows what they're doing and they continue to do it and they don't care about who they're hurting or how they're hurting the person. They just want to have their way. And then if anybody tries to confront the situation to try to bring healing and restoration, it becomes an even more hostile environment. That is what we're talking about here. Now, I want to break down the types of trauma cultures that exist in family. Understand that this is not a list that breaks down every possible type of trauma culture in the family. But what I want to do here is just address the most common ones that occur so that you are equipped with some tools to be able to identify where this could be infiltrating your family. And one of the first trauma cultures that exist in the family is emotional neglect. And we all know this is a lack of emotional support. And one example that we have here is when a parent is emotionally unavailable. So they may tell the kid to suppress their emotions, you're being too emotional, whatever, and the parent is just completely shut off. That may also be where the family 
is going through a, a tough situation and the family does not even acknowledge how that's affecting each other or a child or any individual for that matter. That is a form of emotional neglect. Toxic positivity. And that is diminishing the real problems, real life situations, and always wanting to sugarcoat everything with a positive statement. Let me tell you why this is toxic. And you may say, but I I thought we're supposed to be positive. The Bible says to think on everything good, everything noble, and think price word, everything in a good name. And yes, that is true. But the problem with toxic positivity is, is that you're not allowed to have a bad day. You're not allowed to be human. You're not allowed to have the kind of experiences that help us grow and help us thrive because believe it or not in conflict and confrontation in those bad days that become character building moments we grow and we mature so what happens in this situation is that by suppressing the real feelings and and, and kind of like ignoring and, and putting aside a real issue or situation the person learns to avoid their feelings and this later on leads to the kind of people that blow up who feel like they're never heard and and they go into these angry outbursts because they were forced to live a lie they were forced to live something that wasn't the reality one unfortunate way that a lot of believers deal with it is let's say somebody comes up and they have a problem and they say oh well just pray about it and i get it prayer is everything it is vital to any believer but when we say those kind of statements that are you would say dismissive of just pray about it what we're telling that person is your problem's not important it's petty and you can see how that could become extremely detrimental because it's not petty. It's a real issue. Now, what can we do instead? What would be a proper way to respond to that to where we're not being hyper positive and acting like we're just on a super spiritual high? We need to say, we're going to pray about this because definitely I know that, that God has the answer for this and he's going to be able to help you. But you know, extend yourself some grace because it is a tough situation. We're not always going to have it together. That's what we're here for one another. Right now, you need my support and I'm here for you. And I know there's going to be a time and a moment where something's going to happen to me where I'm going to need your support because it might be a little much. I got you. You see, what we're doing there is we're acknowledging the difficulty of the situation. We're acknowledging the feelings of the person and we're telling, hey, you're human. You're going to feel these things. But what we're also saying is good or bad, I'm going to stand with you. I'm safe. You can unload that burden so that you can feel lighter. Now the person doesn't feel like they're not heard or like they're dismissed because they need to be heard. We all have a need to be heard. And that toxic positivity shuts down the ability to be heard because it's essentially saying, I don't want to hear it. And one of those scriptures that I want to remind you of when it comes to this is rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Romans 12, 15. Spiritual abuse. Ooh, this is a big one. Hold on. Y'all, I didn't even, I lost two nails and I haven't even done anything about it. But this is not the perfection forecast. So I guess we're all right in that. Let's get back on topic. Anyway, spiritual abuse. That's when we use religion to manipulate people, control them, or shame them. For example, telling somebody that the trauma they're going through, the hardship that they're going through is a punishment from God. Why am I being measured right now when we're addressing this thing? Because unfortunately, there's an issue that happens in the body of Christ and in Christian households a lot. And it's that, and I'm going to say we as parents, because I don't want to think that I'm all high and mighty and perfect. And I'm just going to point the finger in your direction. But you know what? Hey, I'm pointing at myself too. We, we tend to judge and be critical and be very 
harsh with the people in our lives. And here's the the big problem that I have with that. If God didn't use his sovereignty and his word to manipulate us, to beat us up, to shame us, why would we do that to somebody else? Number two, when we use the Bible, when we use God as an excuse to control people and environment, that is indeed witchcraft. That's that's the first thing. So we're no longer walking the walk. Now we are walking in, in witchcraft. But what we're doing is misrepresenting who God is and depicting a picture that God is a God that's callous and a God that doesn't care. When the truth is that God cared so much for us that he gave his only begotten son so that we would not perish but have everlasting life. And that includes forgiveness, grace when we make mistakes, but also the grace to correct our mistakes and change our ways. And I want to share with you what Matthew 18, 6 says, because I think it's very important when it comes to spiritual manipulation, spiritual abuse, because some parents will do that just to make their kids do what they want. And it's not necessarily anything about right or wrong or something that's obvious to sin. Is I've, I've seen it. Some parents use the scriptures for everything, including to get the kid to sweep. That, that's, that's, that's crossing the line. So here's what Matthew 18, 6 says, but who saw who shall ever offend one of these little ones which believes in me it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea that's pretty harsh word and then it's jesus himself saying it so when we start abusing people to the point well let me rephrase that when we start abusing people and it causes that person to lose their faith in God or to stumble in any way, shape, or form in their faith. Jesus himself is saying, you're better off drowning in the depths of the sea than dealing with what I'm about to dish out to you because you made one of my little ones stumble. And last but not least, another trauma culture behavior in families is enabling behaviors. That is where we're protecting or covering up for family members' toxic behavior. Oh, they didn't mean it like that. Or... A family member excusing an abuser like a mother who makes excuses for an abusive father that is enabling behavior and i'm going to tell you what exodus 23 1 says you shall not spread a false report you shall not join hands with a wicked man to be a malicious witness when we're covering up for people and enabling them to continue in their bad behavior behavior that is not only toxic but that it's harming other people we are joining hands with wicked people and we're being a malicious witness. And if any of these are things that you have dealt with in your families or that you're seeing it kind of trying to rear his head, you got you to gotta be the one to make the change. You got to be able to say the buck stops here. I'm not going to pass that down. Now, here's some signs that you may be in a family with trauma culture. And the signs are you're walking on eggshells. You have a fear to speak the truth. And there is emotional or physical withdrawal. And this is very possible in all of them. Where you feel like you have to walk on eggshells. You got to please everybody. Because if not, there's big blow-ups. And you're going to get the short end of the stick. And people are going to try to destroy you. You got to walk away. That is toxic trauma culture. When you're afraid to speak up again because of the same thing, especially speaking up with the truth because you're afraid there's going to be retaliation or repercussions that are negative or maybe even life-threatening to you, you're in a trauma culture family. And if you find yourself being so drained 
by your family members that you find yourself withdrawing emotionally and even physically where you start to go no contact and you're emotionally starting to shut off you're dealing with somebody with trauma culture one trauma culture that i didn't include in here but that is also important to mention is sometimes we have families that are addicted to drama and chaos and gossip so if life's a little too calm and peaceful they either gotta stir up something or they're gonna go meddle into somebody else's business because they need that drama some people are addicted to drama and chaos and fighting and they just don't know what pieces when you try to confront the issue they turn around and say no you're the one starting the drama and everything be careful with those individuals and not just family members but even friends neighbors people at work anybody who behaves like that well, that's not a safe person so now that we know what trauma culture in the family is what are some of the different types of trauma cultures that dynamics that exist in a family we've also defined signs that you may be in a family that has trauma culture let's move on into what does it take to break the cycle and again we're going back to how we started the podcast you gotta recognize that you gotta admit that there's a problem the next thing is you gotta seek support and that means talking to a trusted friend a counselor psychiatrist case manager therapist anybody who's equipped to help you in this area so that you can not only learn how to do a very important step of setting boundaries so that you can heal and hopefully some of those relationships could be restored and, and can become healthy relationships but also for your own safety you you need to go through this because like i said earlier some families if you try to address these issues um, your life may be in danger that's something to look at and when you're setting your boundaries i want to give you a scripture to stand on that's going to help it be very easy to set those boundaries it's first you got to decide what what is yes and what is no to you like what behaviors what actions are you okay with and which ones you're not once you have decided that stand on on the decision because boundaries are hard to enforce number one because the people who who need the boundaries are the ones who resist them the most at times uh, they may try to even paint you as the bad guy because you set some boundaries but the thing is is that without those boundaries the relationships deteriorate even further but also you become a prisoner in a very hostile and very detrimental situation but once you set those boundaries like i said when those those pushbacks arise you're going to be tempted to want to give in because sometimes the pushback is really difficult but i want you to remember this but let your communication be nay nay for whosoever is more than these commits evil in other words let your yes be a yes and let your no be no and be very clear on that now next week we're going to be talking about what it looks like to have a trauma culture in the workplace you notice we're identifying trauma culture we first started by just giving a generic definition of trauma culture and now we're breaking it down we started with family we're looking at workplace we're going to look at in the church and we're going to look at what it looks like in friendship and the reason we're doing this is because we need to break those cycles we cannot continue to pass this on to the next generation we already have a very traumatized society we need to break that cycle we need to put out families that are strong and healthy so that's what this podcast is about that is what these episodes or this series is about so with that said i want to thank you so much for joining me for today's podcast God bless you and have a great day.